Follow Katie Wolf and 360 online at mix1049.com.au. Well, as we know, there has certainly been a worker shortage. I think it's, we're being, you know, it's being experienced all around Australia, you'd have to say. Um, but we are particularly feeling it here in the top end and in the Northern Territory more generally. Uh, we have read in the paper today that Tourism Central Australia has said that in some situations they are actually, well, having to reduce uh, the hotel occupancy uh, to try and cope with this forced worker shortage. Now, joining us on the line to talk a little bit more about how things are going here in the top end. We have got Tourism Top End General Manager Glenn Hingley. Good morning to you, Glenn. Hey, Katie Wolf. Good morning. How are you? Oh, very well. I think there's a lot of Territorians who are probably struggling a little bit this morning, Glenn, uh, from going to the Hospitality Awards last night. It was a fantastic well, evening. They had such a great evening because their host was so wonderful. <laughs> what a great job you did, Katie. It was oh. just great. Oh, and thank you. fabulous celebration of 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 hospitality and tourism and to see so many workers who have struggled uh, people in our hospitality ranks who have struggled throughout this last year mm. um and uh to come together and celebrate great service uh great uh businesses across the territory and and, and all made even more special to have you comparing it. So thank oh, you very thank much. you. Well, yeah, I, you know, I totally agree with the sentiment that you've got there. That you know, when you talk at our talk about our hospitality and our tourism industry and the wonderful service, you know, it, you're spot on. It was a fantastic night and fantastic to acknowledge all of that hard work. And uh, especially hospitality and tea. Yeah, the job they did putting absolutely. on a great show on the lawns last night. Absolutely. And Glenn, uh, we know that you know that across all of these industries, particularly in tourism and hospitality, but also even for our, our farmers. Um, we've got a real situation around all of Australia at the moment with this worker shortage. Um, I have noted in the paper today that in central Australia, uh, it's certainly having a real impact. Uh, Daniel Rochford's told the NT News that due to a shortage of important staff like cleaners and cooks, some hotels in the region had been forced to decrease their capacities. How are things going up here in the top end? Well, I think we're, we're, we're moving forward a little bit better than, than the, the picture that's been painted down in Alice Springs, but I think it's, it's still very, very difficult, and it's difficult in different sectors of our hospitality and tourism sector, um, and there's a few different reasons for that. I think one of the, the key things in what we what we, we collectively are doing as an industry and, and working with, collectively with other associations and working with government is to find these solutions locally, because one of the things we, we can see straight away, we've got, We've got a work-stay-play program similar to what other states have got where there's $1,500 relocation fee um, and the government's offering up to 6,000. Federal government's also offering relocation bonuses. But we've also got a very real challenge. In It's one thing to go and market and get uh, uh, people from other states to come here in what's now a very competitive workplace, but where mm-hmm. are they going to stay? Yeah. We, you know, rent is at an all-time high, um, and so we've... The more work that we can be doing locally to get locals employed um, into tourism and hospitality, I think that's that's a real key for us. Um, that there are a lot of businesses here that are uh, from last year that they they ran with a small crew um, that were enabled to be stayed on by JobKeeper, um, and that was one of the great values of, of JobKeeper from the get go. It wasn't just about supporting the businesses, but it was keeping businesses in in 
tagged in, in, connected with their staff. Mm. Um, there are lessons that we've seen um, in times gone by when, when cyclones, for example, natural disasters have come through and we take Cyclone Yassi in, in northern Queensland uh, a few years ago, it came through and decimated the, the tourism industry, closed a lot of it up. And with, with, without the right support schemes, those people who weren't locals then went back to Sydney, Melbourne and yeah. weren't able to come back. And we're talking about chefs and waiters and waitresses and tour guides and these things. And so, Glenn... Um, I think from a... Look, from, from our perspective locally, I mean, I know I mentioned a little while ago in far north Queensland at the moment, they are, the state government today, in fact, is announcing that scheme where they're offering $1,500 to any worker that takes up a far north Queensland hospitality job. So I guess similar amount to what we're offering here in the Territory in terms of luring workers across. Um, but it is more so, I think, in it's an effort to try to keep people there. They're sort of offering these bonuses when, you, when you've been there for three weeks, three months, and then six months but do you reckon for us at the moment the reality is that we're better off trying to to get locals to actually maybe take up a second job um we've taken up a second job so being able to reduce the tax threshold for a second job i think that's really important and that's a that's a message we want to get through to the federal government the recent changes that were happened quickly around the the change of and you had um the prime minister Mm. um you interviewed him recently, and it was straight after a meeting with industry here where, where industry said to him, tourism and hospitality, we've got student, foreign students here and their visas limit them to 40 hours a fortnight. Yep. If we could get remove that cap, and it was done so, and that was a great outcome. Uh, 408 visas enabling people to move work in tourism, hospitality, agriculture, aged care, health. So one of those things is, is those people who are already here being able to do that. Mm. And I think we also have to work... Uh, to enable people who are already in the Territory. So a second job, absolutely. And we know a lot of people work uh, uh, casual um, and to be able to create uh, a tax system that enables them to be able to have a second job, work the hours they want um, and not be penalised for it. And the other one, which is, uh, and it's not for everybody, this one, Mm. but we also um, are blessed to have literally thousands and thousands of grey nomads up from down south. um, And some of them recently retired who would love to do some extra work, um, who are, some of them are dedicated to being 100% on holidays and good luck to them. Others would love to be uh, working in a kitchen on a grill, um, on a, on a mm. check-in counter, uh, mowing the grass in the caravan and camping park. But, of yeah. course, they've got means test um, challenges around their pensions and their allowances. Yeah. So if there was a way that the federal government could temporarily lift that means testing and that any money earned could, for example, go straight into their superannuation fund, that again frees up local workforce who are here in the Territory right now for those yep. who want to get out and work but can't because they do not want to uh, have any... Uh consequence on yeah. their pension. Well, that's something uh, that um, that Senator Sam McMahon raised with us as well recently, and I actually think that is a fabulous idea. I also think that reducing the tax threshold for a second job is a fabulous idea as well, because it actually means that, you know, that we could be utilising, like you've said, uh, people that are already here, um, and if we could make things a little bit easier, if you are, you know, earning a bit more money, because we keep that money then in the Territory too. Absolutely, and, and people get to stay stay at home, yeah. um, be with your families, and what a great who wants to move away from the top end during the dry? Nobody oh, wants to move exactly. away. It's a great place. Let's keep the people working here, and that's key to it. And yep. I also think um, we, we will be coming up with campaigns um, to 
yeah, we've got to stay competitive as a destination um, in a work in a workforce, and so there will be uh, other activities that will be coming out, cooperative yeah. activities between the associations and government to to just to show our appreciation and value our workforce mm. even more. Um, one, there are a few challenges, however, and, and there are opportunities. It's not just about restaurants and, and bars and, and housekeeping. Yep. Um, for anyone out there who has previously had experience as a tour guide, this is one of the areas that is of most desperate need at the moment because, right. um, unfortunately, when because uh, we, we, we operate very seasonally here um, traditionally and uh, we had the wet and then we came out of the wet, there was bushfires down south and then we went into pandemic. And then JobKeeper came in at the end of March. And so most of our local family-owned touring companies who are the mm. backbone of our, of, our, of our tourism industry here didn't have tour guides on their books. Traditionally, they come and work for six or seven months and then move away and then come back. And so they weren't picked up in JobKeeper. Yeah. And so we've lost those people. And a lot of those people are now um, driving trucks and mining companies and doing other work back around Australia. Yep. So we're doing a big call out at the moment to anyone who's interested in being a tour guide, getting people out to Litchfield, uh, out to Kakadu, around Darwin, um, the, the training that's necessary to, to be able to help people where those gaps in knowledge are or experience, what can we do more? Mm. Because uh, one of the big needs for us is uh, tour guides. We've, yep. we've got some amazing tour guides, but we need more. Now, Glenn, um, a couple of, just a couple of things that I'm keen to get through uh, before we let you go this morning. Um, we know that, uh, that there are a lot of tourists around the top end right now. You guys see a lot of them coming through your doors at Tourism Top End. What are they telling you? Are they, I mean, are they, where are they coming from? Is there, is there a location where the majority are coming from? Are they all sort of young, major uh, event goers, i.e. based in the grass goers or have we got a real mix of people at the moment uh so the last two weeks yeah we we certainly saw in the streets that we had a lot of event goers and that was that was spectacular but interestingly our number our number one mark at the moment um uh besides still territory and locals and is new south wales uh victoria queensland wa uh, that's the order of, of what we're seeing through in the bookings at the moment and the yep. feedback from our members. So it's a, it, that mix has changed almost overnight where, where two months ago we were <laughs> 95% Territorians and yep. visiting friends and relatives. So we're seeing, we're seeing that. We are seeing also, um, uh, yes, a lot of uh, retirees who are taking that time that possibly would have been on a cruise ship internationally at this time mm-hmm. of year um, that they've had the top end on their uh, agenda for a long time. And this is also why it's so important that we, we, we're doing everything we can to get it right, that we've got to move away from that once-in-a-decade, once-in-a-lifetime bucket list destination. Yeah. Uh, people are coming up here and go, well, how long has this been going on? This yeah. is awesome. This is completely not what we expected yeah. Darwin and the top end to be. And, and part of our messaging to everybody that we come in contact with is we've got seven seasons here. Yes, this is one of the most magnificent seasons, but there's a thing called the wet that's also very spectacular. Yeah. Um, there's reasons to come back, and so we've got to be able to do that. So, yeah, it's, and, um, it's, it's massive. And, um, Glenn, do you reckon they're coming through. here? Do you reckon that they're coming here as a result of those half price fares, or are they, are they travelling by caravan and road? Um, what, are they, you know, what are they doing? I think it's a real mix on that, um, Katie. Yeah. Um, we also know that the GAN is running full um, every week, bringing more visitors in. The, the airfares absolutely made us 
substantial difference to to us. And and again, thanks to your great efforts in, in with the Minister for Tourism that morning. But um, so so the airfare is great. The drive market, yes. Mm-hmm. I think also just due to the the manner in which we as Territorians worked hard to keep this a safe destination by caring for each other. Yeah. The dividends are now that now that it's safe for other Australians to visit here, we are a destination of choice in Australia. Yeah. That's really clear, clear. And it's really clear in the interaction that my team have through the travel centre here of people coming in and saying, you know, you were number one mm. uh, destination for us to get here. Whether they flow, flew, drove or come up on a train, um, and, and now with, we slowly get these small expedition ships moving again. Yep. There's another reason for people to be coming here. So, yeah, it's a real broad mix, Katie. Well, and, that's um, good to hear. To yeah. Glenn, we are going to have to wrap up, but I do want to very quickly ask you, um, there is this proposal or this discussion happening nationally at the moment as to whether we should have interstate vaccine passports, uh, making it easier, is I guess what the, you know, the suggestion is, making it easier for us to travel to, you know, to other states. I mean, is this something that you reckon needs to happen? I think we still, as the Territory, need to be very, very careful. I think we, we haven't, as, as, as all listeners and yourself are very aware, we haven't had to pick up on the vaccines. So we're still largely unprotected. Um, and um, from day one of the pandemic, our, our thoughts as all Territorians was to one third of our Territorians who were, um, are considered vulnerable uh, to this, this horrible um, virus and I think we need to be careful. We can't just open the floodgates and say it's business as normal and we forget mm-hmm. the past. Yeah. Until we've got really good levels of herd community, I think things like this can't help. Uh, I think these will be good initiatives and I think it also helps prepare us, Katie, for how we start thinking about international arrivals as yeah. well. Because, um, you know, we know places, um, many places now have got very high vaccine rates around the vaccines that we've got, whether be it Pfizer or AstraZeneca here, and they're fully vaccinated. I know in Bali alone, there's close to a million Balinese now are fully vaccinated with yep. AstraZeneca. Um, but still, we don't see a time when they'll be able to travel back. So I think step by step, how we do this locally, important. And I think also this brings, especially for a lot of our communities around the top end, where who still feel a degree of concern and exposure, yeah. uh, anything that can help allay those fears and, and know that the people coming in are, are safe, especially to the to the elderly and those people with medical conditions can only be, only be a good thing. Yeah. Well, Glenn Hingley, Hingley, it's always good to catch up with you. We really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming on this morning and having a chat with us. Thanks, Katie. And thank again, congratulations to all the winners last night at Hospitality NT Awards. It was great to see and thank you for your great comparing. Oh, thank you. They did a phenomenal job. Thanks, Glenn. We'll talk to you again very soon. Uh, Glenn Hingley there, who is indeed the Tourism Top End General Manager.